Hello and welcome to the DH Effect. My name is Sonia Montiel and this is my co-host Hilary Bilbrey. This entire month of February, we are going to be talking about what it means to truly see with a decided heart, which is about committing to seeing the true core of ourselves, sometimes which is the harder piece of it, mm -hmm. and others, and helping them shine. Our guest today, former NFL player, educator, speaker, the executive director of Male Mogul Initiative. Daddy. All of, Daddy, <laughs> all of it, all the things. Yes. Walter Mendenhall IV is an example to all of us in this category of truly seeing ourselves and truly seeing others. We are so grateful to you, Walter. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to come on this platform. Oh, gosh. It is, you know, Walter, we met at a youth conference in Alabama last October. And the thing that I noticed about you right away, and, and you walked in for dinner, right? And you command a room. And you don't do it in a way where it's like, oh, look, I'm here. But you have this peaceful confidence when you, when you walk into a room and other people just lean in automatically. Where does that come from? Man, uh, you know, I, I have no idea, but um, I would say that um, I don't think it's always been that way, or at least I didn't know that. Um, just coming from a background, you know, I had a single mother, um, three kids. My dad, uh, they divorced when I was nine years old, and a lot of times I struggled with uh, self-worth. And my actual self-worth came from sports. But once sports was done, I really didn't know who I was. And kind of this journey through my 20s was kind of like this discovery of who I was outside of football. And eventually I got to uh, know my purpose. And my purpose, where I feel I'm on this earth, is to positively transform the way people live and lead in their communities and just to help a generation realize their potential and make the impossible possible uh, in their lives. And, um, you know, in that, in my truth, I'm able to uh, exude that because I know I'm fully am living in my purpose and walking in my purpose. There's like a such a sense of humility in that, you know, where that that maybe that calm confidence and surety is because of the humility of, hey, I kind of know what it is to not to not know or to pad myself with all these achievements, but not truly know how we see ourselves. Um, and there was one particular moment where you thought, hmm, this might be the beginning to male mogul initiative. Can yeah. you tell us about that story? Yeah, I think. It even goes before that. So um, there was a time in my life, actually, when I was in college and uh, I was playing college football at the University of Illinois. But, you know, things weren't really going my way. I wasn't getting the playing time I felt I deserved. And uh, just, you know, I actually fell into a very, very, very deep depression. And uh, I was laying in my room one day and uh, I was contemplating taking my life. So I remember just being in my bedroom and just kind of just like laying down and in all honesty, it's just like, God, if you really real, I need to know because I don't know if I'm gonna make it to the morning. And, you know, I just kind of felt a presence come in that room and kind of hold me like you will hold a newborn baby and had the most peaceful sleep I ever had in my life. Mm 
And when I woke up, even though my situation didn't change, my attitude about the situation changed. And I realized I was here for a bigger purpose than just to play sports. So kind of, <laughs> that's kind of the background to that. And fast forwarding kind of to the male mobile initiative, it's just kind of, to be honest with you, stumbled upon it. I remember just going, uh, I was a uh, youth program director at a local uh, nonprofit agency on the west side of Chicago. And I went into career day. And during that career day, I met a great young man, honor roll student, basketball player, very well respected in the school, but he sold drugs or get the things that he wanted. And after that conversation, I was just like, man, how many young men in this community, how many young men just uh, in this city and just even just in the nation have the gifts, skills and talents and abilities to be successful legal entrepreneurs, but not necessarily the access or exposure to those things. And uh, just really started off with like five kids, a program at a local church. And, you know, now we're, you know, we have our own store. We sell our own merchandise. We do internships. We have a work program. Uh, we're in multiple schools here in Chicago teaching uh, leadership and entrepreneurship character development so you know it really just kind of started with just trying to solve a problem and it's kind of just morphed into you know something that I never thought it would be and continuing to do so you know I I thank you first of all I just have to go back and and put a an emphasis on the fact that a you shared that there was some mental health a mental mental fitness that was in rough shape in in college and so many people men especially don't reach out for help or or know that that's going on and or are ashamed to talk about it. And so I want to thank you for bringing that up and being so real and honest about that because we have got to talk about it more. It is a crisis in our community and it does stem from, I love the fact that you said, all of a sudden I felt held. I felt held. I felt like I could change. I felt like I could walk in my purpose. And then you leaned in and said, okay, I know there has to be something more. And that is really in service to others. And I do like my personal, and this is where my heart like connects with your heart so much is that our purpose here is to be of purpose, in my opinion, right? Is to find how our skills and our talents can transform other people, not just ourselves. It's not about us. And when we start living to transform others and help others shine, we are shining. 100%. I totally agree with that. Um, so can you, I love, here's what's so interesting to me in, in Male Mogul is I, the statistics that you have about these young men in particular that are coming in and when they, when they leave, their surety about who they are and what they can do and the potential and the access that they have now to education you don't have to know all the things, but they know they can find out how to know, right? How did this really come to be? And give us some insight into the Male Mobile Initiative. Well, most definitely. So, you know, I gave the mission before is to positively transform the way young men live and lead in their communities through leadership and entrepreneurship uh, development. And basically we have a three-phase program. So uh, the first phase, I feel is that when we go into the schools and uh, we speak and begin to uh, teach the young man, and you know, it's not really about entrepreneurial principles. It's really about shifting a mindset and actually even to 
you know, uh, shifting your heart in a way. So we actually start with what we call the three foundational questions of manhood, which is who are you? Why do you matter? And what's your purpose? So I've realized just teaching and just being in the schools and just interacting with young people. A lot of times people don't know who they are. So if you don't know who you are. Uh, you don't know why you matter. And if you don't know why you matter, you don't know your purpose. If you don't know these things, then you're going to let your environment, you know, determine those things for you. And if you live in a, you know, low income uh, environment, a lot of times, you know, those environmental influences are most often negative. So it starts with a mind and a heart transformation. And once they understand those things, then they can get into, you know, what do they like? What are their gifts? What are their talents? And that's what we kind of tackle in the second phase, which is usually an after-school program that helps them to uh, develop either a product or a service um, using their skill sets. And then our third phase program is that they do uh, summer internships. So they either work at our store, they'll work with a different entrepreneur, they'll go somewhere that they have an interest in and have an internship, which is paid uh, by the Mill Mobile Initiative. And we recently started our fourth phase, which is actually our workforce development program uh, here in uh, Chicago for 18 to 24 year olds who are not in school or not working. And basically what we do is we uh, partner with different uh, career path opportunities. And what we're responsible for is more for that social emotional learning. So helping them to overcome the obstacles that would uh, make them not complete their programs. So we're kind of that uh, social emotional uh, place for them where they can go and they can, you know, uh, have a thought partner to help them to overcome some of the obstacles that they may have. One thing I have to tell our, our listeners, um, you did do a like a, a five minute documentary about this program, which is just really revealing and powerful. When I was watching that, I I really reflected on my my own life as a learner in a in a in a, a community where everyone said, "Get out, Sonia. You got to get out. You're either going to get pregnant or become a chola. That's your only two if you stay." What was so powerful for me is hearing you talk to these young people and say, "You are going to take control of your community. You are going to con- take control of the business here in our community." And then you talked about the the economic freedom. When I heard that, I was stunned because no one told me that as a teen. And the three things that you mentioned, I kind of knew that I had a purpose, but I had no idea who I was, and I had no idea um, what uh, what was the middle, the second. Why I matter? Why you matter? Why matter? Right. So I anchored. So because of fear, because I was so fearful to stay. I mastered the educational system, like I learned the rules of it, but I never became a learner. Yeah. I was a high achiever. I was a jock, so soccer, you know, my, my father put my sister and I through soccer. Um, I was telling Hillary that, you know, by senior year, I was like, all oh, CIF, female athlete of the year. And every moment of achievement was not about, dang, I'm worthy. Dang, I learned so much. It was like, oh, I'm going to get out because still that was my weapon right like i'm gonna get out and since then i i put a sticker when i went i got admitted to college right and i put it and it was three hours away from home to me that was a whole universe away and i reflect what you've made me do 
made me do this morning is why didn't I ever look back? What about the community that I left? And I just feel like, oh, like, no. So that's where I just feel like it's so powerful because you are going to, what your efforts are is changing the community within yeah. expanding that. And that's just, wow, so powerful and I'm so grateful for it. Most definitely. And I think too, um, I think it's a lot of times all about timing too. I think, you know, a lot of times, I don't know how old you are, but just, you know, my age, I'm, you know, in my mid to late thirties. And, you know, we were taught that, you know, there's nothing good here to go somewhere else or, you know, the white picket fence in the suburbs or whatever, things of that sort. But times have changed. Uh, technology has changed and just even just perspective and just even how things are in the city. We're experiencing gentrification. We're experiencing, you know, here in Chicago, people coming back and developing these communities and kicking the people who like nobody, like communities they didn't care about. Now people are moving in and like up now they are forced to move out. So, you know, one of the, and that's kind of what's going on in the community that we're in in uh, Bronzeville and uh, on the South side of Chicago. And it's just like, you guys need to take control of your destiny. You don't want your destiny or, you know, be determined by somebody else or by a economic situation. So you need to take control of, uh, you know, your life and whatever that may be. So that is, that's so powerful. You know, James Clear says that we should be the architect of our environment, not the victim of our environment. And that's, yeah, when I listen to you, that's what, like, I feel so empowered. And I think these young men must also feel so empowered. You're so honest and real and authentic. I think that people know, teens especially, can smell a mile away if you're in it for you or you're in it from, for them. Yeah. And you, you have this humble hustle where it is so obvious where your heart is. And uh, they're so lucky. You're so lucky to have you. And I know, I mean, how have you grown? Where are things going? Because it's not just in Chicago anymore, is it? So, you know, it's, it's, it's expanding. And I think the thing that we are trying to do is kind of figure out how to scale. So, um, you know, that's really uh, an investment in technology. So whether that is an app, uh, whether that is uh, selling online content, um, whether that is going to different places and speaking about the male mobile initiative. So, you know, it, it really started as just a thing that I did with five kids at my church and in a really short period of time, it has blossomed to what it is and growth is great. But what I've realized too, is that, you know, you have to scale that growth. And sometimes that takes time, that takes strategy, that takes others and really putting the system in place so this thing can grow um, at a scale that, you know, can have an impact on a lot of people. For sure. What a great learning too. I mean, for, for the young entrepreneurs out there as well, that, you know, being an entrepreneur, you, know, you have the vision, you have the creativity, you have the innovation. And, and then part of that growth, that scaling is part of the planning as well, right? Because usually as entrepreneurs, the vision is pretty expand. It's massive. It's like, and the world shall have this. <laughs> right? But then you're like, wait, I'm just one person. And so you do the math. Um, and, you know, who knows? Like, I, I love my um, professions working with, with young people. And I look to them. Like, 
they have the ability to probably see the scaling part mm -hmm. um, and the, the information in their mind. And, and so perhaps maybe you have a sea of young minds, <laughs> right? That's like, oh, we can easily develop an app for that. But I, <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, it's about them. Um, I think even too sometimes it's just giving them permission to, 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 to be oh, creative. Yeah. In our school system, it's like, it's so, it gets to a point where kids stop imagining and innovating and to be honest with you like it takes a while for them to start to you know get those ideas again and solve problems because you know all they're doing is giving information and regurgitating it and not being critical thinkers or creative or innovative so you know as much as they do have that potential you really have to start deprogramming them and building that confidence is that you know the answer is not B. You know, it's, um, you know something else i have to say hillary i want you to, to respond to this because um just yesterday hillary and i were in this conversation that led to the the most in-depth moment of our relationship of identity and she said something to me that was so powerful about lifelong learning and it was about, it, there was a little bit about that permission and the access. So I can oh, that. Well, I just said, well, that's what I was thinking. You're giving them permission to be curious again. And I, when I used to teach, I started out as a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. and, and I know you as well are an educator. And um, I remember telling people, it's like, I don't care if my kids love Shakespeare, but I will be damned if they will leave my classroom and feel like they can't access it, that they don't know that they are somehow less than, there is no such thing in my opinion as a gatekeeper. There should be no gatekeepers to education. It is our job. It is our job as adults to help open up those gates, give permission, give curiosity, allow for the opportunity to access because education and lifelong learning, it doesn't just look like book learning. It looks like so many other things that to me are at the core of what we need in order to grow and be able to help one another. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. But I think, you know, education, especially now in this system, public school system, does the complete opposite. A hundred, a hundred percent, which is why you are so, mm -hmm. so, so valuable and so needed. And, and we will keep on delivering the message as well. You know, before we kind of leave our listeners with how they can help and, and where you're from and all of that um, and how they can connect with you, can you, I know this is kind of a big leading question, but what advice or tips or thoughts do you have for our listeners out there about what it takes to truly not look and say, hey, there's a drug dealer or hey, there's an athlete or hey, there, but to get behind it and see the potential to see who people are so that they in turn can see who they are. I think the one thing um, is relationship and being willing to be uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times and just American society is like strive to be the most comfortable you can be, you know, live in the, best neighborhood you can be, sleep in the best bed you can. It's just like, 
with comfortability comes like, how can I say this? Um, trying to figure out the right words to say, <laughs> not to offend anybody, but um, comfortability stifles growth. Yeah. Everybody wants to live with somebody that looks exactly like them, thinks the exact same way they think, you know, believe the exact same things they believe and are fearful of people who are different. So in order to, you know, to, you know, identify or talk to somebody or to interact with somebody that's different than you, you realize you know, they may be different, whether skin color, belief system, things like that. But there's always something in common that you have or you understand why the person is who they are based off, you know, these things or, you know, these conversations. And once you guys, once you really get to know somebody and build a relationship with somebody that's different than you, you realize that you all have, everybody really just wants the same things in life. And that's really just to, you know, be who they are, uh, you know, to be safe and, you know, to have enough to take care of their families. <laughs> so that's, universal. that's basically it. Yeah, our yeah. universal need and want, right? Yeah. No, and that's, so I hear just like debriefing when it's funny because the universe sort of works in a weird way where where things seem to, to pop up over and over. And this morning I just read these three words and as you're talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what he's talking about. It's like, you need to have the courage to show up and have the conversation. You need to have the curiosity to seek understanding, truly understanding, and then the compassion to be able to see, you know, the the whole person and how it it everything builds. You know, we all have circumstances in our life to withhold judgment and just be present. Uh, oh my gosh, what a well, we do have to close up. I don't want to. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. <laughs> um, so I know that our listeners and viewers are saying, okay, you know, either I want to get connected to Walter or I want to learn more about Male Mogul Initiative. I want to help. I want to support. What's the best way for our audience to connect with you? Yeah. So uh, just uh, if you want to connect with me personally, you can just go to my website, waltermindenhall.com. Uh, Feel free to leave me a message, contact information. Uh, you can also uh, contact me at the mail mogul, mail as in M-A-L-E. That's a good point. <laughs> Mogulinitiative.org. Uh, um, so feel free there. And then uh, my email, uh, Walter M at mailmogulinitiative.org. So these are all the ways you can contact us. Should they follow you anywhere on social? And we'll have a lot of links in our, in the, um, uh, description of the show and all the places that we have it posted as well. But is there a preference that you have for social media of any sort? Preference. So, uh, you know, my Instagram is uh, Walter Mindenhall. Uh, the Mail Mogul's Instagram is uh, Mail Mogul Initiative. Um, I'm on Facebook. The Mail Mogul Initiative is on Facebook. So feel free to uh, follow us there. Oh my gosh. Well, you've been surrounded by building teams. Right, being part of teams and just consider us your teammates. 100%. We're on the Male Mogul Initiative team. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you truly made such a powerful impact. I mean, you have been. You have been throughout your whole life, right? Just discovering the crumbs that leads you to where you are now. But just for, and for Hillary, you met a, a while back. But I think for me, you have planted a seed of me looking back at my community and seeing what can I, how can I help build that community um, again? So 
Everyone, please make sure to follow us, The DH Effect, and Walter on all our social media platforms. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform, or maybe you like YouTube where you can see us um, do silly things, uh, so you never miss an episode, so subscribe. Also, this year, we have launched a new brand, a new membership brand. It's called Friends with Benefits. <laughs> we know how it sounds, but it's literally the way we do. We are all friends. We all get so many great benefits. Check out our website at thedheffect.com for all the details. Until next time, Hillary. May you have the courage to live with a decided heart. Thank you. <laughs>